Everybody, what's good? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cal and KO. We are always brought to you by Anchor, and with the help of Anchor, we are on a total of 10 podcast platforms. Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Play Music. Thank you to all of the listeners if you are checking in with us on any of those 10 platforms. And thank you for those 10 platforms for supporting Cal and KO. Let's get right to it. Today we're going to talk WWE's pay-per-view Hell in a Cell event. We're going to touch on NFL news and notes from week two and recap some of the games and touch on the power rankings. We're talking hip-hop. Eminem finally claps back at MGK with a diss track by the name of Killshot. Ooh-wee. But before we get started, let's check in with the listener of Cal and KO, Mike from Alaska. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, man? This is Mike all the way up in Alaska want to let you know that I'm listening to you daily on my way to work. Uh, you know, I'm listening to you talk about, uh, you know, basketball players, you know, and politicians and politics and all this other stuff. And I kind of wanted to make uh, this point to see what you thought and if you agreed with it. Um, you know, every day you go to work, you read about the news, you read about you know, the president, you read about all this stuff that just gets on your nerves because everyone has a different opinion. But when it comes to sports, you don't want to think about anything political. You just want to watch a game. You don't want to see the sports center, you know, anchor flip to a clip where one of the athletes was, you know, being a politician for a day. You just want to watch him play ball. You just want to watch a football game. You just want to watch your team. Mike, sorry you got cut off, man. I know the app only lets you talk for a certain amount of time before it hits the wrap it up button. But I appreciate the call. I appreciate the question. I, I, I understand where you were going with it. And let's see if I could cover it, man. Like I, I get I can agree with you that when no, most people don't want to watch something for entertainment and then see that thing that they're watching for entertainment get taken over with drama for whatever reason so i I agree with that 100 percent i'll take it a step further and piggyback off of that and say i'm pretty sure that most people like you and i that have normal jobs if we were to bring personal or social type issues into the workplace we would be reprimanded we might possibly lose our job but i do feel that sports is the exception sports is always no i don't want to say always that's a strong word but sports for the most part has been the exception when it comes to not just being about the game or keeping personal and social issues away from sports i would argue that it's rarely about the game and these leagues the nfl mlb nba nhl even PGA, they normally pride themselves on being social and in the communities and in the environment and giving and caring and so on and so forth. So I rarely think it's just about the game. I do agree with you about having something that you're watching for entertainment be overtaken with drama. I totally agree with you on that, but I think sports is the exception. Um, I'm just going to tell you about a conversation I was having with my Lyft driver. I don't know if you guys got Lyft up in Alaska. It's kind of like Uber. I use that one out here in San Diego. So I'm in the car with my Lyft driver, 
and we're talking football because football season just started. I mentioned I'm a Niners fan. So he says, so what do you think of the whole Colin Kaepernick situation? And just to paint the picture for you, not this. I'm talking my Lyft driver's 20 something like I want to say early to mid 20s black dude. I'm a 40 year old black dude. Not like race has any part to play in the conversation we had. It's just I'm trying to paint the picture for you just so you know the dynamic of what's going on. That's all because we're not face to face having this conversation. You're picking up what I'm putting down, Mike. I know you do. So anyways, he asked me what I think about the Colin Kaepernick situation. And I, I told him to speak on it first just because I've spoke on it so much on this show with friends, family, the conversation never goes away. I wanted to hear what he had to say first, because honestly, if I agreed with him, I would just go, word, man, I agree with you, and then I ain't got to talk about it. This young brother says, I'll tell you what I think about it. I don't like it, and here's why I don't like it. If any other person was to bring personal issues or get get dramatic at work, they would lose their job and they would get fired. And you don't bring personal issues to the workplace. And that's why I think he's out of line for doing what he's doing. And I said, I hear that. I think sports is the exception. It's selective when people want to say, hey, man, it's just about the game. We're just in this for entertainment. It's based off of if they support that person or if they support that cause. If they support that cause, they don't bat an eye and they don't think anything of it. They just keep it pushing and then... It doesn't affect them in the game If they don't support that cause Now it's a distraction And now it's taken away from the game But as far as the sports Has been concerned They've always been down Because no one questions The NFL in the month of October When all of the players And all of the coaches And everybody's wearing pink In honor of breast cancer awareness Uh, The NFL supported J.J. Watt And his Houston strong efforts when he was raising all that money for the hurricane in Houston, as they should. I think it's a good thing. I'm not knocking the support that they're showing. I mean, the NFL pregame national anthem ceremony is actually in violation of the U.S. flag code that they say Colin Kaepernick is disrespecting by taking a knee. If anybody wants to go look it up on their own time, go do so. NBA, WNBA. They've always been advocates for equal rights in the LGBT community. The NFL, they had this whole campaign a year or two ago supporting women's rights and stand up for women. It was around the time where all of their NFL players were getting in trouble for off the field issues and mainly putting their hands on women. So they had to go this whole campaign for this. MLB, all of them. Baseball, hockey, basketball, football, they all got social and political after 9-11 and they stepped up their patriotism game, quote unquote patriotism game for the pregame ceremonies and things of that nature, mostly based off of money. But nonetheless, all of these are things that show you that it's not just about the game and and they're always getting social. They're always getting active. So why is this any different? Let me tell you, Mike, I'm sitting in the back of this dude's car and I'm, I'm staring at his face through the, the rear view mirror and I can see him going over what, I, what we were just talking about. And he's like, I didn't even think about it that way. I said, well, I mean, we, we know the, the simple answer. The simple answer is it's money. That's why, you know, that's why this one's different. And that's why they make so many of their moves that are not just about the game. 
You know, it's okay for them to break the the U.S. flag code in the pregame ceremony because they're getting money from the military for the whole ceremony. The whole laying the flag horizontal across the field uh, breaks U.S. flag code. Um, having people wear the, the United States flag as part of their clothing, that breaks flag code. And if you want more details, like I said, go check it out. But they, they don't care about that because they're getting paid for it. They don't care about having their players wear pink and make commercials for breast cancer awareness and get social about that because they're getting paid for it. So we know why they make all these moves. And this one here involving Kaepernick is different because it's about the money and they ain't getting paid for it. A black man speaking on social injustice that goes on in the black community at the hands of police officers does not make money point blank period therefore it's a distraction therefore we need to blackball this guy therefore we need to make it look like he's the problem so we don't have to listen to the problem that's how that rolls and my question to this brother in the lift ride was this i said if after colin kaepernick had taken the knee or he sat because he originally sat and then he took the knee because a army vet approached him and told him, I would rather you stand. But if you're not going to stand, kneeling is not as disrespectful as sitting. So I would you're basically you're good if you take a knee. The sitting thing, not so much kneeling. That's more of a sign of respect than sitting. I'd rather you stand. You get it, dog. So imagine if Cap in the locker room after they noticed he was sitting, he had said, I'm sitting because our military vets are getting treated so unfairly in this country because they are not getting taken care of when they come back home. And for what they do for us, they deserve to be treated better. And until our military vets are taken care of, I will not stand for the national anthem. If he was to say that, do you think yourself or most people in America would have a problem with this protest. I'm going to say you wouldn't. The act of the protest would still be the same. He's still sitting. He's still taking the knee, whatever it is. But the reasoning for the protest would be different. Right? Or is it the fact that once he said black people are getting treated unfairly by police in this country... I'm doing this for social justice and equality for all in this country. Did, once you heard black people unfairly, did you tune them out and go, oh, here we go again? Hey, black people, you should just chill. Y'all got it good enough. We don't want to hear about this right now. I'm trying to watch my game. It's about the game. It's not, it's not about y'all right now. It's about the game. Let me tell you, Mike, I'm looking at him through the rearview mirror again, and I can see the hamster wheel going in his head. And this young brother goes, you're right. I didn't even think about it like that. You're actually swaying my opinion more towards the other side. It made me feel good, not just because he was not because he said I was right, but because we had this conversation where we did not agree at first. But we were both respectfully listening to each other and taking something from that conversation. It made me feel good. So going back to what originally started this call, I hear what you're saying about it just being about the game. But I think that that's just a selective thing based off of whether people agree with the, the cause or not. And if they don't agree with the cause, then it's a distraction and it needs to be removed. And if they agree with the cause, then then they're not going to care. 
And all of those other things that I was saying, whether it was breast cancer awareness or Houston Strong and 9-11 and equal rights for all of these things, I applaud all of these leagues. I applaud the players that stand up for all of these things. I'm not saying that they should not fight for those things and bring awareness to those things. I don't. I think that that's a beautiful thing. Some of you know, whether I agree with them or not, but that's an issue for someone else out there in this country, this world. And if I'm not going through that, I know that someone else is going through that. So for me, if that's going to help their cause, more power to them. With that being said, why is it normally a distraction when a ball player normally of color? And I'm not saying you were trying to get racial, Mike. But why is it that when someone of color normally brings up something that people of color are going through, they need to shut up and dribble. They just need to get back to playing the game. We don't want to hear from you. That's nah. we don't got time for that. I don't know the I mean, I I have a feeling of what the answer is, but I don't know why that is always the go to. It always seems to be a distraction when it comes from a certain type of people, but it's all good when it comes from other people. That's how I feel about this issue as a whole. I but I go I, but I do agree with no one likes something that they watch for entertainment being overtaken by drama. I'm having a hard time watching football this year because of all of this drama and talking about this drama. I feel like I don't want to talk about cap and some of these social things anymore just because I feel like I come across to some people like I would be the angry black guy. If I I beating a dead horse talking about it over and over and over again, you know, I don't want to do that, but I try to pick and choose the spots where it works. And with your call calling in, asking a very cool question, and I feel like you're a cool enough dude for me to go on this long ass rant to answer this question. I feel like it was an appropriate time to discuss some of these social things and whether it's just about the game or not. It's not just about the game. It's rarely about the game. If it was just about the game, then why are the Cleveland Browns horseshit every year? They're not trying to put the best product out there. Why did the Miami Marlins in baseball get rid of all their stud outfielders, Stanton, Yelich, Osuna, who are now all balling on other teams? It's not about the game. That's not about the game. It's about money. It's about some other stuff. Because they're not trying to put the best product on the field for the game. And those are just two teams as examples. But you can go down the line in any other sport. And you can find reasons why it's not just about the game. And Mike from Alaska, I truly appreciate you for the call. And feel free to call back, man. This wasn't just the end of the discussion. If you heard something you disagreed with, man, feel free. I can take the criticism. I love this conversation. From anybody. Hopefully this inspires somebody else to call in and talk as well, man. This is what we're here for. The open discussion. It's better this way than without the text, right? And the stupid memes on social media. We don't want to do that. We're all grown folks. We can play in the sandbox together. It's Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. We'll get back. Man, we're just going to get back and we're going to talk some wrestling. WWE, pay-per-view, hell in a cell. It came, it went. We're going to talk about it. Callan KO brought to you by Anchor. It's time to touch on the WWE pay-per-view event that was Hell in a Cell. And I gotta say, it's kind of whack sauce. Just in my opinion, man. And here's why. How you gonna have 
an event that's called Hell in a Cell. Yet you only have two matches where they're in the actual cell. One is the very first match of the night that goes hella long. And it's got two people that, in my opinion, most people don't really care about anymore. And then the second Hell in a Cell match is the very last match, which is the main event. And there's no outcome. There's no winner or loser. So just for that alone, you got to look at the Hell in a Cell match and go, man, we got to reevaluate how we brand this particular pay-per-view. Just in my opinion. And let's get into the matches. Uh, let's start with the first Hell in a Cell match that I mentioned. It was Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. In my opinion, it was too long. Um, and Randy Orton kept doing this thing where he was messing with Jeff Hardy's ear, man. And he kept putting his finger in the hole and he put a screwdriver in the hole and he kept twisting it. That was a little that was a little too much, man. I'm just saying. You know, I'm a grown man and that was messing with my stomach, let alone having my kids watch it. Jeff Hardy was doing his high flyer stuff. He left that match on a stretcher and a neck brace because he came flying off of the top of the cell and hurt himself on the table. Now, I do know that the night before, his brother Matt Hardy had contractually, well, he had finished out his contract with the WWE with his event Saturday night, and he basically made it sound like he was going to go ahead and retire because his contract was up. So for the very next night, Jeff Hardy to then have this injury, I don't know. I haven't done any research since Hell in a Cell, but hopefully that's not a serious injury for Jeff Hardy and that's them just writing him out of the script because quite honestly, I, I don't really need to see Jeff Hardy anymore. We got enough flyers out there right now anyways. That's the first match. I probably talked too long about a match I was saying went too long. Look at me just repeating the cycle. Shame on me. I'm not going to cover every match from Hell in a Cell. I'm just going to cover some of the ones that I felt were, you know, attention worthy for me. Uh, the Women's SmackDown Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Man, I thought it was a great match. One of the three best matches of the night, in my opinion. I thought it was cool to see Becky get the title. I thought it was well overdue for her to get the title. I'm a big fan of Charlotte Flair, her athleticism. She's dope in the ring. I think Becky's an OG. It was time for her to get another chance at holding that belt. Good for her for getting that. And then I like how she kind of stood Charlotte up in the middle of the ring when Charlotte went to go kind of shake her hand or congratulate her. And Becky just was like, nah, I'm going to put this belt in your face and let you know it's mine now. And you ain't getting it back. And you ain't hold my shine. Uh, take that, Charlotte Flair. Shout out to Becky Lynch. The phenomenal AJ Styles went against Samoa Joe. They've been having this heated battle and drama thing. You know, Samoa Joe brought the family into it. Oh, no, you don't. But he did. Um, I thought it was a very good match. Samoa Joe's a big dude, but he moves around very well. And we know what AJ Styles does in the ring. He's no slouch either. It was a very good match. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do on Tuesday SmackDown and how they work this uh the outcome of that match into the storyline moving forward because AJ came out with the belt but then when you look from another angle you see that AJ Styles tapped out on the two count but the ref didn't see it and then he counted to three gave AJ Styles the pinfall AJ Styles got lucky 
Um, I hope I wasn't spoiling it for anybody, but if I was, uh, you should subscribe to the WWE Network or watch Monday Night Raw or Tuesday Night SmackDown because they will definitely go over the results from the pay-per-view events. Another tight match was Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Ziggler and McIntyre are the Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, of course, two of the three members of the Shield. I haven't been watching wrestling that long. I just really got back on it within this 2018 year. Subscribed to the WWE Network and everything because of my son, Jet, five years old. He's definitely into wrestling now, so it's gotten me back into wrestling. And one of the guys that's new to me now is Dean Ambrose. He just came back. Um, from injury at SummerSlam So I'm just getting familiar with Dean Ambrose I know all of you other WWE fans Are very familiar with the Lunatic And right now he came back Hella swole I got the, the picture of him before He got hurt and he doesn't look the same He looks like a completely different dude Nonetheless Seth Rollins always brings it And I'm, a, I'm becoming a fan of Dean Ambrose I like Ziggler I like McIntyre It was a great tag team match for the Raw Tag Team title Ziggler and McIntyre still came out on top But it really didn't matter It was an entertaining match nonetheless It doesn't really matter about the results I don't care that much about these people I care about the athleticism that they're showing Are they selling the moves And just how cool is it You know from the kids to watch it That was a good match Solid Of course everybody wants to talk about Rowdy Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss Because Rousey's back Um She's the champ uh, That match was just okay in my opinion Alexa Bliss is underrated in the ring In my opinion Just because she's very good at playing the heel She makes it very easy for you to not like her Unless you like Mean Girls Which a lot of people do But her in-ring ability is kind of underrated I think Ronda's still getting there She's still working on selling the character And actually being that badass in the WWE That she was for real in the UFC I think it's easier to actually keep that mean face That she always has in the octagon When you know you're going to really go in there And punch and beat the crap out of people And literally try to break someone's arm Versus when you are in the world of entertainment uh, World wrestling entertainment and you have to you gotta you gotta fake it till you make it. Right now she's still working on those acting chops. She's still getting better in the ring. It was a good match, whatever. I'm not hating on Rhonda. She'll get there. But we'll see what's gonna happen with her in the storyline. I just don't think she's selling it with the personality and the in ring ability yet. But of course she'll get there. And then let's talk about the main event of the match uh the pay per view event. Hell in a Cell was the second Hell in a Cell actual match. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. All I had to say about this one was there was a lot going on right now. I understand it's the 20 year anniversary of Undertaker versus Mankind in the most epic Hell in a Cell match ever. But I think they tried to do a little too much with this one. Mankind Mick Foley was the guest referee. Everything's going good inside of the cell, in my opinion, between Reigns and Strowman. Two big boys beating the brakes off of each other. Then all of a sudden, Ziggler and McIntyre come out, and they serve as a distraction. 
And then, of course, that means the other two guys from the Shield are going to come out, Rollins and Ambrose. So now there's this big fight outside of the cell while the two dudes are still kind of fighting in the cell. But then they get they beat each other down and they're taking kind of one of the little breaks. Now there's this fight on top of the cell. You've got all four of the other guys on top of the cell. Ziggler, McIntyre, Rollins, Ambrose all scrapping on top of the cell. And then what happens is two of them start to crawl, uh, climb down. Ziggler, Rollins. They're fighting on the side of the cell, throwing blows, this, that, or whatever. They hit each other at the same time. They fall off of the side of the cell onto tables. They're hurt. Meanwhile, I don't know what the hell's going on on the, on the top of the cell with McIntyre and Ambrose. They kind of just stop showing them. And the reason they stop showing them is because you hear some music that is very familiar to the WWE universe. And that is the music of the beast, Brock Lesnar. What the fuck is Brock Lesnar even doing showing up? I mean, he lost. And then he was supposed to be going to the UFC to be challenging Daniel Cormier. It looks in my opinion, like he's been training for mixed martial arts because his right ear looked like it had some real fresh cauliflower on there. But anyways, that's beside the point. So Lesnar comes out. Paul Heyman is there with them, of course. He sprays mace in McFoley's eyes. Brock Lesnar kicks in the door to the cell, goes in there and just wrecks shop on both Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. So basically, he goes in there, shows up out of nowhere, beats beats them both down, and then walks out. And now the fight can't continue because both of these guys are hurt. Um, Rollins and Ziggler are laid out on top of broken tables because they fell halfway down the side of the cell. And then I still don't know what the hell is going on with Ambrose and McIntyre on top of the cell. So that's how the the pay-per-view ends. Like, come on, man. Like, like I feel like this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was the part one of the dialogue to set up whatever is coming up next. Because nothing was really resolved in this pay-per-view event, Hell in a Cell. There are only two matches in a cell. The Universal title doesn't go anywhere. So that sets up what's going to happen with Lesnar and Roman and Strowman. That all rhymes. It sounds like a noodle. It's weird. Um, we don't know if Hardy's coming back. The extent of his injuries. Um, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. He got the victory, but we can see he tapped out. All of this is just the prequel to what's going to come within the next couple months to finish out the year. I don't read all of the WWE blogs or check shit out like that. This is just my opinion what they did based off of what I saw in this pay-per-view. I gotta give the rating of this WWE Hell in a Cell certified wax sauce. From now on, I'm going to start watching the WWE pay-per-views about an hour late. That way, when I get in a situation where I've got a 35-minute opening match with two dudes I don't even really care about, I got some fast-forward time to get to the shit that I really want to see. It's Callan KO. Minus KO. That's the WWE scoop right there. I know we got WWE fans out there. Don't be afraid to hit me up and give me your feedback. What did you think of the pay-per-view if you watched it? And what do you think is going to happen on Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night SmackDown? What are your predictions and hopes moving forward going into the next pay-per-view, which is the Super Showdown 
And then after that, they got another one coming up. They keep whipping them out hella quick. It's Cali KO brought to you by Anchor. They making that money, WWE. Whoa. Yo, what's good? Congratulations on the baby from Can We Keep It Real podcast. Always keep it real and always keep it authentic. You already know. You guys ever want to collab? You already know you can get at me. You guys want to do an episode on the NFL, maybe New England Patriots, Jacksonville Jaguars upcoming game. Feel free to hit me up, email me, can we keep it real, 40 at gmail.com. Mikey Rubello, what up? Thanks for the two call-ins. I'll definitely go ahead and relay the message to KO as far as the congrats on the baby. Hopefully he listens to the show when he's not on it. He better listen to the show when he's not on it. Um, so he heard that for himself um, And my bad on missing the earlier call in About doing the segment As far as the Patriots Jaguars game I'm definitely down to do a segment with you About football Talk some shit Any other sports Any other type of shit Whatever I'm down uh, So let's make sure we keep in touch Again Mikey Rubello, Good looking out on the call I'm going to just go ahead and keep moving right into some NFL talk. Since I missed the call with Mikey, let's go ahead and start with the Patriots, man. Can the Patriots, the evil empire of the NFL, get any better? They make a trade for wide receiver Josh Gordon from the Browns. All they had to do was give up a fifth-round pick. My question is, is this Brady Moss Part 2? Right? I'm not comparing Josh Gordon resume to Randy Moss's resume of course that would be absolutely stupid I'm just talking about the scenario at the situation that's playing out Randy Moss is a hall of famer clearly he was always a freak of nature with as a receiver clearly but there was a stretch in his career where he was he didn't show up in Tennessee and where he didn't show up in Oakland so when he got to New England they didn't know which Randy Moss they were going to get. What they got was a guy that set the record for touchdowns in the season that one year that he played with Randy uh, with Mr. Tom Brady. So we know Josh Gordon's history. We know his troubled past. He's trying to get back on the right track. Cleveland, whatever reason, they let him go for a fifth-round pick. Is, is this the best thing for Josh Gordon, joining the Patriots, being around a winning team, a winning culture, the Patriot way? Is this... Brady Tomas Part 2. That's what I want to know from you guys, anchor listeners. Hit us up. My second take from the NFL right now as it, we just finished up week two is John Gruden has, has to know he made the dumbest decision of the decade when they traded Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. We know he's not going to admit he made the dumbest decision of the decade, but... He has has to know within himself that he made the dumbest decision of the decade. Khalil Mack has two sacks, a pick, two forced fumbles, and a touchdown by himself in two games this year. That, those are better stats than the entire Oakland Raiders defense. Let that sink in, okay? John Gruden, of the day, goes to you, homie. I done seen it all. I done seen it all. We done had a player retire during halftime of a game. Not during training camp. Not at the end of the season. Not even at the end of the game. Halftime. Vontae Davis retires at halftime of the Bills Chargers game. I ain't never seen no shit like that before. That's kind of special. You guys let me know what you think on that. Problems in Pittsburgh. 
the Steelers 0-1-1 after two games. They tie the Browns in the first game of the season. And then Pat Mahomes throws six touchdowns and lights them boys up. Kansas City 42-37 to over the Steelers. Antonio Brown was, you know, ranting and raving on the side sidelines with one of the coaches. They're saying it's no big deal. He doesn't show up on Monday. What's going on in Pittsburgh? You let me know what you think about that. I started this with the Patriots. Let's talk about that game that I missed out from talking with Mikey on. The Jags beat the Patriots 31-20. to Bortles throws four touchdowns. Gronk gets shut down, held to two receptions. Jalen Ramsey had made it a point to guard him and try to take him out of the game. Um, I see two touchdowns, I mean two receptions on the stat sheet for Gronk. It looks like the mission was accomplished. Tampa Bay Bucks defeat the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles 27-21. Tampa Bay is 2-0 undefeated with the backup quarterback playing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Still, they are not in the top 10 of the power rankings according to ESPN. Let me know what you think about that. Saints barely beat the Browns in week two. Barely. They lost in week one. But they remain in the top 10. You let me know what you think about that. That's seven things right there. Seven points for the touchdown. You let me know what you think of those seven things. Let's touch on the power rankings. Only the top 10. The Rams, 2-0. Number one in the power rankings. They were previously at number four. The Jags are number two in the power rankings. 2-0 record. Previously at number five. The Chiefs have gone up three spots from six to number three. They are 2-0. The Patriots have dropped two spots from number two down to number four. They are the fourth team in the power rankings at 1-1. They just lost to the Jags. Philly, who just lost to the Buccaneers, they fell from the number one spot in the power rankings down to number five. Minnesota Vikings, they tied the Green Bay Packers. They fell from number three. They're down to number six with the 1-0-1 record. Speaking of those Packers, they're right underneath the Minnesota Vikings. They were at seven. They stay at seven. 1-0-1 record. We've had two ties in the first two weeks of the regular season this year. I don't know if that's happened before, but that's kind of crazy. Maybe we get a third one in week three. Just random thought right there. The number eight team in the power rankings is the Atlanta Falcons. They're one and one. They were previously number 10. They've moved up to there at eight. The Saints, they were at nine. They stay at nine with a one and one record. They lost the first game of the season and then they barely beat Cleveland. I mean, how do you stay there? How do you justify that? I don't know. You let me know. The Steelers, we know that they're just starting off bad and they are really a good team but if this is a week to week power rankings list they should not be at 10 they they were at 8 they're now at 10 they haven't won a game they are 0 1 and 1 how are the steelers in the top 10 power rankings when they haven't won a game i'm just saying you got the tampa bay buccaneers who just beat the champs and they beat the saints the week before Tampa Bay beat the champs and the Saints, both teams in the top 10. Tampa Bay is not in the top 10. How do you guys start to make sense of this stuff? I don't know. I'm just asking. How does how does this work out, guys? Let me know what you think of the power rankings. Let me know what you think of the week two in the NFL season as it, as it has played out so far. I so wish KO was here. I apologize for that because he's the football guy. He needs to be here for this shit. Just saying. 
And um, also coming up in our next episode Not this one Me and KO did talk about the NFL Hall of Fame Class of 2018 And I'm going to put that up in our next episode That'll be episode 78 It's Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor And when we come back I gotta talk hip hop man I gots to talk hip hop Eminem drops kill shot Firing back at MGK Ooh wee let's go Hey, what's going on? My name is Whitey's World. I got a podcast on it called What He Say. And I've been following you guys for the last few days, and I love everything about you guys' material. Uh, I like everything that you guys talk about. And I'm basically trying to build my podcast up, sort of like how you guys got your podcast built up. And um, I was wondering if I could get some type of sound advice on how to do that. And uh, if possibly one day, I know I'm a nobody, I'm a nobody. I'm just a fan. <laughs> uh, possibly one day, man, I can be brought on your show. I could bring you guys on my podcast. We go back and forth. I can share your guys' podcast. Hopefully, you can share my podcast. And basically, what my podcast is about is I just give my perspective on the games of the week, uh, hot topics of the week, social views, uh, entertainment. Dwight, over at Whitey's World, thank you for the call, man. I appreciate you following us, and congrats on the, the startup of your new podcast, brother. Good luck with that. Uh, just so everybody knows, it's Whitey's World, just a kid out of Chicago, loves his family, loves his sports. He's going to give his own take on his own stuff. So you wanted some advice as far as getting sound right, I guess, for your podcast. Um, some of the things that I do over here... For our show, I'm the guy, Cal, that does most of the editing and producing. I do all of the editing and producing. I was going to try to give KO some credit, but this is this is what I do. He just, he's just got to show up and look pretty and be the sports guy at the end of the day. Bang, bang, shots fired. But I love the guy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not even editing that. Whatever. What I do is I record in a, a program that's already on my computer at the house, whether it's Adobe, whether it's Audacity, um, Something like that And we pre-record our breaks Into that program And then that way I can add music I can add sound effects I can do all of that stuff Within that program And then finalize it And make it its own file And then add those files To the Anchor app And then make the podcast that way I rarely, if ever Record anything live Directly into Anchor but I've been getting the emails from Anchor and they've been basically talking about how all of the stuff that I've been doing on, on these programs on my laptop that I've been doing for years because I've got some experience in production and things of that nature. So I'm just stubborn in my ways of doing it with this routine. But go check the emails that Anchor's been sending out, man. There are ways for you to add audio like music to the back uh, uh, background of your breaks you can add other little sound effects and intermissions and things of that nature go check it out and you can go ahead and find a way to get paid directly from the anchor app for your podcast from the people that are actually checking you out so whitey's world the homie dwight good luck i hope this helps feel free to call be back call this show back anytime with any other um, 
questions you have and you are definitely a nobody we're all nobodies in this world we're all just specks of dust fam so don't even come at us with that you know it's all love over here we'd love to get you on the show you're you got your calls on and feel free to call back you got something on your mind man come share it with us i'm gonna go check your show out and spread the love as well the white whitey's road thanks for the call and since you called talking about sound i'm gonna use that to transition into something i love so much as a dj as a producer i love music i love hip-hop and if you would listen to the last episode, episode 76, I was talking about the hip-hop beefs between MGK and G-Eazy and Eminem and Cardi and Nicki and Drake and uh, Meek Mill made up. And all this stuff is going on in hip-hop. And I had mentioned about the fact that MGK had dropped Rap Devil, which I thought was pretty damn hard for somebody coming at Eminem. And I was waiting to see... The world was waiting to see what Eminem was going to do And Eminem didn't disappoint Eminem came back finally with Killshot Directly at MGK I was at work on Friday doing an early gig when the song came out And I kept having people come up to me going Yo, have you heard Killshot? Eminem got him Eminem bodied MGK MGK's done He's done, son It's over MGK is done Eminem bodied him Slim Shady what? It's called Kill Shot. So I'm at work all day Friday. I did a happy hour set from 2 to 8. And I get off of work. I got to go to the next gig. And I start the next gig at 9. And I'm playing from 9 to close, which is like 1.30 out here in Cali. So I'm, I'm, I didn't really have much time to download the song and check it and play it on Friday when it came out. But everybody kept talking about how dope it was. Of course, I got to give Eminem credit where credit's due. He's one, of, he's one of the baddest rappers, if not the baddest rapper to ever touch a mic. He's definitely the most successful numbers-wise with the units sold. But that's not what it's about. It's about those bars. It's about the longevity. It's a lot of things that go into it. Eminem, hands down, one of the best. And he rarely loses, if ever loses, a battle. Not many people come back from battles with Eminem. So when I heard Kill Sh- when I was going to play Killshot, I was expecting it to be the end of MGK like everybody said. Don't get me wrong, Eminem won the battle. I definitely think Eminem won this battle. Killshot is fire. But I gotta give a lot of credit where credit is due to MGK because of the fact that I think Eminem left some bars out there. He left room for MGK to come back if he really wanted to. Eminem did not fill that song up with as much fire as I thought he was going to to get back at MGK's Rap Devil, which was hella personal and really good for someone coming at Eminem. He had some punchlines. And side note, if you haven't checked it out, I, I recommend everybody go check out the Sway and Eminem interview. It's a four-part interview. Go check that shit out on YouTube. And even Eminem, when he's talking to Sway, he mentions that he thought Rap Devil was a pretty decent diss. He's like, he had some good lines in there. But, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm going to get him back or not. Well, he decided to get him back, and I think he did a great job. Eminem doesn't disappoint when it comes to battles. Except in this one, kind of, because he didn't dead him like everybody said. I thought there would be no room for MGK to have a career after this. And MGK is going to have a career after this. Eminem didn't body him like he should have. He didn't body him like everybody thought he would. 
and I don't think that's it's a knock on him. I think it's just I got to give credit to MGK for not getting his ass thoroughly murdered like everybody else did when they thought of stepping to Eminem. But that's just my opinion. What do you guys think of Killshot? What do you think of Rap Devil? What do you think of this beef? I love it. It's a beautiful thing for hip hop. I hope we get one more round. But as of right now, if they don't make another diss track at each other, MGK did enough with Rap Devil to continue his career and say, yeah, I may have lost to Eminem, but I'm still here. Where's Benzino? Where's Ja Rule? Where's some of these other fucktards that got a slim, slim? Where's Cannabis? Where they at? They're all gonzo. I'm still here. I think that, I think even in the loss, that's kind of a win for MGK. That's me. You let me know. I'm Cal. What do you think, Anchor? Holla at your boy.